Making those final arrangements after the death of a loved one is never easy, hampered even more by the trauma and cloud of grief. Randy with Stokes, Proc and Munt and the Cremation Society tells us funeral directors are experienced and their goal is to facilitate your healing. Because when there's a death, it's traumatic to most people. So we're dealing with their acute grief. One of our roles is to comfort them and, you know, and give them order where there's disorder because they don't know what to do. They're in shock, they're numb, and they need somebody to lead them down the right path. And for the most part, that's what funeral directors do or try to do. Sometimes people know what they want, but they don't always know what they need. And that's us to give them options. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Hello, everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and as always, this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Hey, we've hit the middle portion of July, the, the heart of vacation season, the heart of uh, killing time season. <laughs> not, a, not an awful lot of work gets done in a number of industries. Now, of course, there are many businesses that this is a busy money-making time for them, but for an awful lot of others, this is the time where People are out and about, vacation time and all of that, but things are still happening in the area and an opportunity for us to play catch up on all of those. Don't forget to follow all of our great podcasts that we have. Hey, and follow and subscribe to Eau Claire Hometown Media on Spotify and iHeartRadio's app. Hey, that's the best way to have all of these locally made podcasts come right to you. It's one of the best ways to have these podcasts come directly to you. We got brand new bankers with a beer, the Momentum Fitness Podcast, Coffee at the Cottage, so many podcasts we have. And we've got some great ones that are coming back and some that are debuting in a few weeks too. Well, let's get right to it. Uh, we'll, we'll jump to this. I, I want to definitely talk about the referendum and ren referendums with an S, plural and not plural, that could be coming to Eau Claire in November because there, there, there's a little bit of a friction between the city council and the Eau Claire Area School District Board right now. But we'll start off with this. We've talked about the, the airline service at the Chippewa Valley Regional Airport for the last few weeks, the last few months, in fact, ever since the announcement that SkyWest, which was uh, operating with United as a United Car Carrier, was planning to leave the Chippewa Valley Regional Airport. So what was going to happen with air service? What was going to happen with commercial service for the Chippewa Valley Regional Airport? We know that as of a few weeks ago, Sun Country Airlines was the preferred replacement and we learned just before the weekend last weekend in fact we learned 
I think last Thursday after we had recorded that episode, that Sun Country has been selected by the Department of Transportation to be the new carrier that will come in and serve Eau Claire. This, again, is part of a governmental program called the Essential Air Services Contract. So Sun Country gets a reimbursement, a stipend, if you will, from the federal government to operate out of Eau Claire. The Eau Claire Area Regional, the Eau Claire Regional Airport qualifies for the Essential Air Services Contract. The area deserves commercial carrier, if you will. So places say, hey, we want to go in there, but in order for them to come in, and one of the main reasons why they're okay with coming in is that they're going to get a safety net from the federal government, which is why it was not a choice of the local airport commission or from Charity Zitch, who heads up the airport. It was a decision that the DOT makes, even though there was, you know, they welcome input from the local people, from the residents and from the committee. But again, Sun Country has been selected. We have taught that nauseam on this program how Sun Country I think was the best option that we had, though, as we'll talk about in a moment, that does not mean that it is still a perfect fit for the, well, for the Chippewa Valley Regional Airport. Uh, we had talked about, though, at the beginning of the month that it would have been interesting to see what the government was going to choose because there was one of these smaller airlines that wanted to run the puddle jumpers to Minneapolis, and rightfully so, was pointing out how Sun Country, their proposal was not really to operate uh, a commuter service, it was to operate leisure travel, which is not what the essential air services contract is for. The essential air services contract is really to provide a community with a connector to hubs, and that's not the case with Sun Country. But again, the DOT selecting Sun Country. And the good news for the area is this. The area now has leisure travel. You now have a leisure travel option. Sun Country flying direct to Las Vegas and a couple of flights into Florida, Fort Myers and the Orlando area. That's very good. And on Boeing 737s, that's going to be very convenient for an awful lot of people when you are going to be going for leisure travel. And they have a couple of token flights each week to Minneapolis. That, I don't necessarily know how successful that is going to be. But they're going to have a couple of puddle, puddle jumper flights about using the 737 to go to Minneapolis, that, let's be honest, is just to fulfill the requirement of the essential air services contract. The reality is this is a killer for business travel. It's a killer for business travel at the Chippewa Valley Regional Airport. And there were a number of people that used the airport for business travel. There were a number of people, myself included, that used the airport to bring family and friends in. And that's going to go by the wayside now. 
unless you're bringing your family and friends from Florida or Las Vegas, and they can get on one of the Sun Country flights, you're likely not going to be utilizing the Chippewa Valley Regional Airport. So this is not a perfect, hey, we get, we, we're better off now than we were before. No, that's not the case. We are worse off than we were before with this. It's just that it was the best option that we had. The essential air contract, by the way, this is something I did not know, uh, but the essential air contract means only Sun Country can be here right now. So it's not as though the airport can go out and try to find somebody else right now. Sun Country is the airline with that contract. If another carrier can come in, it gets messy. I'm sure there's ways around it and all that and what have you, but uh, right now, Sun Country is going to be the only carrier that the airport has, and it's not like tomorrow you're going to be able to go get American Airlines to fly in and out of here, or Delta, to help add to the, well, flying to a hub spot, like Chicago, Detroit, that sort of thing. The hope is Sun Country eventually adds more flights. That's going to be your hope, is that Sun Country adds more flights out of Eau Claire, either direct, maybe some more to the Twin Cities. But then that's where it also gets to be interesting. Sun Country doesn't fly to as many just random destinations as other spots, even though the Twin Cities is their hub they don't have nearly as many ports of entry as say united did when you'd fly from united down to chicago you can get pretty much anywhere that's not the case with sun country and with sun country travel will be difficult if you want to fly to some place other than las vegas or orlando because let's say all right i'm going to fly out of the twin city i'm going to fly out of eau claire go to the twin cities now you've for whatever reason, you've now taken a 90-minute drive and turned it into a 30-minute plane ride. Then, here's the thing. More than likely, your next destination is not going to be with Sun Country. So you have to exit the terminal, go get your bag, and go right back through the check-in process. As if you had driven there yourself. That's not realistic. It's, it's not realistic to think people are going to do that. I can't see the flights to and from the Twin Cities being successful. Again, I am somebody that very much supported the Sun Country proposal over the others. And it will be very cool to see those Boeing 737s with the brightly colored Sun Country paint job flying overhead. But after all this year, all these years of commercial momentum at the Chippewa Valley Regional Airport, one does wonder what it will be like there for the next two years. I think the success of the airport now 
And of course, they'll always point out, and Charity Zitch will always point out, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of flights coming in and out of there that we just never know about. And there are businesses in this community that have their own jets that you have no idea they have their own jets. And it's purposeful that these businesses do not want to tell you, and that Charity Zitch will not tell you, well, will not say it so that we can say it, though she's hinted to us and off the record what they are, and I know for a fact what some of them are, because they don't want you to, because there's the thing, if you know a company has a jet, even though they're not using it for fun, and they've got real reasons why they have to use it, and they've got satellite offices all over the state and what have you, people's initial thought is, although that place then doesn't meet, need my business, or they're overcharging me. Regardless, the success of the airport going forward now is going to be how much do people in the area take advantage of the leisure travel? Because while the business travel is killed, one thing people had complained about in the area was the fact you didn't have those destinations to go to. You 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 could not fly direct. You could we didn't have the direct flight to Florida, like other markets of this size, or the direct flight to Las Vegas, like other markets had. So all right. Now we've got it. All right. So we know that we're going to be asked, if you live in the city of Eau Claire, to spend more money. We talked last week, the city of Eau Claire, to operate the services of the city, needs more money. The government needs more money to do things like, you know, fix the roads. I mean, b basic things here. All right. It all comes back down to that. You know, they, they need more money. Costs have gone up. There's property tax levies in the state of Wisconsin. Need to ask your approval to get more money. And nobody ever likes to spend more money, but we always want to have our services taken care of. All along, though, we've been talking for the last year plus about the need for the Oak Ridge Area School District to have a referendum, most notably because of the infrastructure issue that the Eau Claire Area School District has, the woefully inadequate infrastructure that the school district has. And when you compare it to other districts around the area, New Richmond, Hudson, it, it's pathetic what the buildings are like at the Eau Claire Area School District. And, and the population size is now muffin-topping many of these buildings. So the city decides last week they're going to go ahead with their referendum in November. The school has long planned for a likely referendum in November of this year. And now what the school district has said on Monday night is that, well, they got to kind of, they got to, they got to reach out to the city now and see about joining forces, joining forces on a shared referendum, whether that means that they would try to combine them in the one, that would be difficult, or try to coalesce marketing of the referendum, we'd have to see. But Erica Zerb, newly minted school board member from a few weeks ago in the spring election, gave us a window into the board's thinking. And, and, and it's exactly what you would think it is. School district's been discussing a referendum for a while now, 
and here comes the city jumping in in just the last few weeks, beats him to the punch. The school board has this feeling that the city jumped in front of them. It's like the person that's standing in line to get a donut and they're looking at the case and before they could pick out their donut, somebody in a hurry scoots from behind them to order a cup of coffee. School district was there. It's their time to make their selection. They're looking for what donut they wanted. Here comes somebody behind them saying, hey, I just need a cup of coffee. Oh, was it your turn yet? It's intriguing to see that. It, it, when, the, when, the, when the city announced the referendum last week, it's something that came to the back of my head that, yeah, the city needs money. But boy, the school district's been talking about this for a while. And I think the school board feels, did nobody from the city at all read the papers? Listen to this show, watch the TV news, hell, just live in the community and know what's going on. It does not sound like anybody from the city council had any conversation with anybody from the school board. And there is, it's such a lazy argument to have because everybody always talks about this being a problem in so many things in life, but yet people do not do it. Communicate. Nobody from the city council communicated with the school board at all on this. There's no realistic way two referendums pass. And frankly, if you have two referendums separated by several months, it's, it's hard to see them both passing. If the city does theirs in November and the school district waited till April, I, I still have a hard time thinking the two would pass. If they go belly to belly and try to go at the same time, even if they market together and all that, I don't see them both passing. And quite frankly, they probably would both fail because people are going to be naturally inclined to vote no on a referendum. They just are. The tough thing with the school district is that you're going to have people that no matter what are going to go there and vote no. They don't have kids in the school district. And with all the recent news, the, the, the whole, and let's be frank here, the conservative anti-school board push, push really hurt things from a standpoint of, you know, what schools do and all that. Now, now, now all the, 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 how kids are being raised in school, in schools and all that, people have now shifted their attention to other things. But there was a very much an anti-school sentiment coast to coast, and we saw it right here. Some of it very much a legitimate concern, and a lot of it not legitimate concerns. But again, you, you already have a default of voting no to begin with. This does not help. And again, I do want to stress that when you hear all these complaints about what's going on in our schools, they're not all illegitimate concerns. There's a number of legitimate concerns about what is going on in schools and, and what have you. The problem is that a lot of the arguments that people have are getting muddied by make-believe that they have. Though as an aside note, I will say this, 
you know, a few months ago, there, there was the whole thing about, you know, boy, the, there's kids that are identifying as cats. So school districts have to think about putting kitty litter. And that was something that every state, every city started to see that rumor pop up. And I thought, well, somebody made this thing up. No, I've now talked to a number of people in various school school situations who've gone, and this is why everybody has to pause for a moment. They go, yes, that is something that is real, that there are kids that are saying, yes, I identify as a cat. And what school districts are truly having to do, this is not, you know, some liberal wackiness, is that they're saying they're going like, legally, we have to consider, would we have to put a kitty litter box there? And these school officials are telling me this, like, with, like, this dumbfounded look on their face, like, I can't believe we have to think of doing this, but legally, it would save our rear end by putting it in there. The issue isn't that we are encouraging kids to identify as cats. We think it's ridiculous. But if a bunch of kids identify as cats legally, and, and, and there's a whole, I've then heard people say, from school officials, and this isn't necessarily locally, and they go, well, you know, it's, they, they, you know, they, they, they say, you know, these kids are maybe making it up, they're making fun of the whole, whatever it is, but if they identify as cats and we don't put kitty litter in bathrooms and they have a wackadoodle parent, we could face legal problems. But that's the aside there. So there are some of these wacky rumors that are true. But again, the default now, because of all of this stuff, is people are going to vote no. So I look at this whole situation. The more I think of it, both sides are to blame with this. One, the city council takes responsibility that in, you know, in that, yes, monies are needed. Monies are needed. But it's been long known in the city that the Oakwood Area School District has been planning a referendum. It's long since been known. However, let's be frank too, here we are, it's July, and the Oakwood Area School District still hasn't made it official, and they still were thinking maybe a November ballot. So a lot of this is also on the Oakland Area School District for not moving quicker. Using that donut analogy, hey, you, you've been in line for a while, and when it was your turn, you're still looking. You know, make a choice. Uh, the other thing, too, is with the, the referendum, and I'm not going to start hammering on this. But remember, the referendum, and I'm in support of more than likely a referendum for physical improvements, infrastructure improvements to the Oakwa Area School District buildings, especially the elementary buildings. But the high schools need work. All these things, they need work. The school district had a survey go out a couple months ago. The results came back in June, and it showed the public with any referendum would be much more willing to support academic and mental health than any type of building improvements. That, hmm, what is wrong with you people? 
All right, that 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 one that one kind of annoys me, and I get it. Hey, you know, I want more academics. I want more mental health. All right, we also need building improvements, and I could argue the building improvements. I'm not too sure about the mental health, but the building improvements will help the academics. I will hammer on you people all day if the if a referendum is scheduled, and the debate starts coming in. It becomes a true debate as to what the money should go towards, and people will not support this because they do not want to support new buildings. Oh, I will hammer you all on that. Goes back to what I said, though. A number of people that will will vote in a referendum, and a number of people that have opinions are people that do not have kids in the school district long ago. Either either their kids have long ago left the school district. I'd say people that maybe have not had kids in the school district within the last 20 years and people that either don't have kids or their kids are too young to be in the school district. Your opinions aren't as warranted right now. That doesn't mean you don't have opinions that aren't warranted for a number of things. This one you might want to sit out. I'm not saying it's only for people that have kids in the school district now. You know, if your kids are a year or two away from the school, I think that's important. I think if you had kids that, you know, you you pushed your last kid through the school district within the last 10 to 15 years, you have an idea of what goes on. Well, we'll keep an eye on the referendums and how that goes. And, and uh, it's amazing the two sides didn't talk. It's amazing. Uh, we'll we'll get to more of this later on this week. Uh, we, we, we'll probably talk a little bit more. Well, I'll talk about it now. Hey, you know, there might be a Chili's coming to the area. Of course, it's not 1997 anymore, and I don't know how popular Chili's is anymore. And uh, I get the feeling around the area, people see that the Chili's might come in that area around the Target and the Menards, near Firehouse Subs, the Grand Stay, Gateway Drive. People are... Kind of like, uh, it's like, hey, you know, it's like there's so many different chains that could come. Why Chili's? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm kind of scratching my head. Uh, yeah, why Chili's? Of all the places that could come, uh, Chili's. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with Chili's. It's, it's, it's Applebee's adjacent is Chili's. Uh, we'll talk on Thursday about Country Jam site approved. There's neighbors up there that are upset. We got a little bit of a uh, NIMBY situation uh, going on up there. Uh, but this is a NIMBY situation where uh, you really do have to look at those neighbors and go, hey, you guys got kind of screwed on this Country Jam situation up in the town of Whedon. We'll talk about that some more. And the, the Seven Mile Creek Landfill. Continues to have negotiations between the locals and GFL. Looks like they're making progress. They hope to have this thing maybe settled in the next few months. Uh, but there's a fun debate there about uh, how long somebody has to have lived there in order to get property 
value protection. I think that's a fun debate, and we'll talk about that more on Thursday as well as other things that pop up. But that'll wrap it up for us today for this edition of Talk of the Town. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.